2: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast.
1: So here's the legal disclaimer part of this whole thing. Katie, are you a mental health professional?
2: No, I'm not. Neither am I. So if you're struggling with any of these issues, please seek professional help and just listen to us because we're funny. Hey, I'm Katie. And I'm Summer. And this is Monsters in the Attic. A podcast where we have real conversations about everyday struggles with personality and mental health issues. We're glad you're here.
1: Okay, let's get this party started. It started. Hi, Katie. Hi, Summer. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I had a good weekend, as you can tell. <clears throat> uh, by how I'm, tan you are. By, <laughs> by how tan I am and how raspy my voice is. You know, I did a lot of talking, <laughs> which I guess is not untypical for me. <laughs> not out of the ordinary. You'd be surprised I yelled all weekend.
2: Shocker. So, Summer, what are we talking
1: about today? Oh, well, today is something that's very near and dear to my heart. We're going to talk about uh, body image issues. Oh. Um, something that I've struggled with my entire life. Um, my, my mom took dextrin when I was little, and uh, and, and she was this gorgeous, beautiful woman and, and really put a lot of weight into that. No pun intended, but mm-hmm. also <laughs> pun intended. Um, and so I have had body image issues since I was like four. You know, so very near and dear to my heart. Well, I can tell you about our guest today. Okay, tell me a little bit about
2: her. Her name is Hope Balfa, and she's the owner of Turn Up Waco, and she's a certified life coach and also has her own podcast that she just started recording as well called The Breakup Batty.
1: Oh, My goodness. (laughs) Also, Hope is like one of my very favorite people in the whole world. We've known each other for a long time. We go way (sighs) back. 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that we've known each other through the best of times and the worst of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. And we're kindred spirits. Big facts. So, yeah. So, Hope. Yes. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit why this subject is near and dear to you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess we going backwards, the fact that I own a dance fitness studio and the whole philosophy and like what you notice probably first, whenever you, if you look at all my marketing and branding and messaging, you'll you'll see that none of it has anything to do with like weight loss, getting thin, skinny, calorie counting. I steer away from even talking about food. I think I've, I've spoken about food like once to my students and like only the people that I know well. Um, yeah. And it's, so focused on just getting strong, taking care of yourself, loving yourself, like physical activity, being a form of like self-care and self-love, all the benefits of it for your body, your mental health, everything. Because I feel like aside from, yes, you get the benefits of it. Whenever you focus on these other things, um, you'll still get all those positive benefits that I'm not, you know, highlighting, but I just know how, um, pervasive and just detrimental like the diet culture and calorie restriction like everything I just know how it can be and it can can under it can color everything you do everything like your relationships like where you go who you associate with um, what you're willing to wear or like even events you're willing to go to like it's so destructive it can be so destructive and I've had I mean I've gone to the extremes of like the diet where it was like lemonade cayenne pepper and honey like it's like something like Beyonce's diet or something like that which is probably a scam guilty <laughs> yeah yep, I did that one too it was like lemon too. juice cayenne and, and maple syrup some crazy thing and then I've done um keto intermittent fasting like you name it even like this the weird uh grapefruit diet that was like in the 90s or something where I was a teenager I would say I was exposed to it primarily like early on the biggest com- the time I heard about it the most was my best friend I think that's because like her mom struggled with uh, her weight a lot and so she kind of pro- unintentionally projected that so I got that from her um but I can remember the first day where I ever became aware it's so weird that I can remember it was like a it's a, I hate to relate it to this but not like losing your virginity or. but it was like the moment where you're no longer innocent to the fact that like food is just food um, which wasn't even a conversation about like healthy or not healthier what you know, sugar in your teeth or whatever. It was literally a woman at my mom's job who was, we were at the vending machine and I was maybe seven or younger. It was take your daughter to work day. And she, I remember her saying, um, we we're picking out a snack and she's like, Oh, we should get this. It was angel food cake. And she's like, because it has the least calories. And I was like, what are calories? And she's like, Oh, you don't want to eat too many of them. Cause they make you overweight, and make you fat. And immediately that whole awareness of being fat, like, you know, just the fat shame, but like the body awareness and the calories and the food, like food was bad. Like, I remember that so starkly. And then it was like a snowball where everything else in society kept like reaffirming that. And so, um, yeah, it's affected I mean there are huge times chunks of time in my life even in my my marriage where i remember us both like focusing on a certain diet that
1: i was doing totally and (laughs) um i can get anyone all wrapped up in that with me and it's crazy when i was looking at i was looking up some information on body image issues the leading cause of body image issues is not what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be social media. That was two. That was the second one. But the number one is the way that your friends and families talk about bodies. There you go. I hear that. Not even how they talk about your body, just bodies in general. How they so just talk their about own bodies. bodies.
0: So, whenever your mom or sister, whoever is in the mirror talking about herself and her own body or someone's body on TV, So yeah, I'm really careful at turn up, not because I want anybody to struggle um, with, because you know, I understand the implications of like, if you're small statured and like your joints and your bones and being too overweight, how it can hurt you or back pain. I get all that. But I also know that there are some very thin people who are extremely unhealthy and their bodies are deteriorating and I know some people who are heavier who are very active and eat very well and it's just genetic or it's something else whatever so I'm like I really want to know that a person's like loving themselves taking care of themselves staying active for all the health benefits and I feel like when you love yourself and you have that self-confidence which we work on a lot in my life coaching and turn up that self-confidence like is the most attractive factor to other people so even if you're worried about what people think about you and you're worried about like dating whatever hands down every survey says that confidence is the most attractive thing about a person so that's what we're working on at turn up it's funny that you would say that because
1: um, I try to do affirmations in the morning you know Mm -hmm. and and whenever I do my affirmations and I have the confidence, so I have said out loud, I am beautiful. My body is strong. Mm-hmm. I have great boobs. Mm-hmm. You know, like I really do say this to myself in the morning. <laughs> yes. Guys love my stretch marks. Yes. These are things I say to myself. Yes. I'm so tan. And by the time I'm done with that, I really do feel that way about myself and literally nothing has changed about my body. Mm-hmm. It's just changed about my mind. Yep. And when I'm confident, it is like I'm. you can't keep people away from me, not just men, not right. just Right. It's
0: magnetism. Sexual mm-hmm. partners, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's everybody wants to come to me whenever yeah. I'm confident, you yeah. know? It so is.
0: It's magnetic, that energy. Because everything in our perception it, everything is just perception. Like you can tell somebody the sky is blue purple and somebody else can tell them it's blue green and like whoever convinces you it's like so if you're walking around like i'm hot shit and like in a good way because i mean think about how many guys do it every day and we're like how was i attracted to that guy but it's because (laughs) they were just projecting this like and you're like yeah you are if you're that damn confident it might be for a good reason
2: So this is what we talk about. This is positive gaslighting. This is gaslighting yourself into believing that you're a badass. We try to do this every single day. You get to
0: define if you're a badass or not. So it's like not even gaslighting yourself because it's like you don't have to gaslight if you really believe it. Like who was the person who said this is really what a badass looks like, but I'm going to fake it till I make it No, what you are right now. You get to decide that that's what a badass is. I don't know. I'm like really into like just the whole the illusion that is like just judgment judgment in general of like judging things as good bad hot cold like whatever yeah. and so skinny or fat yeah mm-hmm. and like the fact that's mm-hmm. like you said you're like guys love my stretch marks legitimately there are a lot of men and women who do love stretch marks like we're challenging it's like you're you're dismantling the whole matrix illusion like this whole control people and make them buy more shit in this capitalistic society <laughs> you're dismantling that because you're like saying people love my stretch marks and then the right people who do love stretch marks are gonna be like hell yeah love you. so like why not magnetize the people who really do love you for all you are and then filter out the people who are so critical and judgment let them self-hate all they want but like just keep gassing yourself up.
1: Preach sister. I love it. I think we're onto something here. (laughs) I do too. I think this is good. I do too. Well, you know, and I love that we're talking about this kind of thing, but something that I really do like to talk about in the podcast, because I really want to keep this real and I want people to be able to be like, oh, I want to be where they're sitting right now. The Mm. things that they're saying are great and positive and that's what I'm striving for. But right now, here's the behaviors that I am. Mm. I'm doing yeah, that, yeah. that I'm going through. And so what are some of the, 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 the characteristics that you carry whenever you are looking at yourself negatively? Mm. What are some of the things that display in your life? How does that manifest for you whenever you're having critical self-talk? Oh my gosh. I mean, I think
0: all the obvious ways and cause it just infiltrates into everything. Like I've noticed How it's all connected so it won't even necessarily just be my body issues like when when everything when one thing crumbles everything crumbles in my life so like if i'm feeling anxious period and hypercritical of my body i'm also being hypercritical probably of my house if it's clean or not my kids whatever and so all of it goes together and then and then i've noticed to ask myself what is i did this yesterday i was like why am i so frenetic like what is this chaotic energy in me and i go hope what have you done for yourself today have you meditated have you even stretched how much water have you had and people think it's so hokey and like they want to we want to overcomplicate things in our world it is really sin. It's really simple. Like don't how much water. Anytime you start feeling judgmental of your body, it's likely not just something about your body that's going on in your head. So drink water, stretch, go on a walk, ask yourself, like just even if it's one question, what have I done for myself and only myself today, write it on your mirror, put it somewhere huge where you're going to see it, where it's obnoxious and you can't get away with it, get away from it because people like us who care so much about, and we, we act like we don't care. We, you know, we because half part of us doesn't doesn't give a shit what people think but y'all care but then the other part of us is like we care like we want to do things we want to be kind and giving and generous and be a good person and so we have to have these like stops in our day where we go what have i done for myself what have i done for my internal well-being not just did i eat but what have i done for my spiritual life today what have i done for my emotions today and most of the time, it's like, oh, you've been just been going. You jumped out of bed just and hit the ground running. And, um, and and it's really that simple. So I would just encourage anyone, if you notice that your, your mental health, like you're having a dark cloud over you, you're being super critical, irritable, stop and just be like, be honest with yourself. And if you have a trouble asking yourself that question, it makes you very uncomfortable that's usually an indicator that you probably need some deep healing because if you are that uncomfortable with being like, what have I done for myself today? It's because somewhere along your life path, someone has told you that you don't have a right to like self care. Like either you're fine. You're fine. Keep going. You're, you're like a machine, like productivity output. Like you everything in your childhood was probably performance based or like you were just taught that you only matter when you're serving other people's needs. And so if you're really uncomfortable even checking in with yourself and being like, what have you done for yourself today, Hope? And that makes you feel icky and like, oh, that's weird. Um, that's a big red flag that like some inner child healing type stuff needs to happen. Because I, I used to be that person. That was very weird and uncomfortable. I couldn't even look in the mirror, like look myself in the eyes. I was like, who is that stranger? And I was a very high achieving person. I always have been always did the right thing and like blah 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 I got married and had kids like waited till my wedding night to have sex with my husband. literally textbook and like here I was 10 years later divorced and like blacklisted from any social work job in Waco because I'm a whistleblower you know you can do everything right and still if you didn't take care of yourself along the way you can end up just busted like depleted burnt out body falling apart My blood work showed like 12 out of 13 markers of leukemia early stage leukemia that's what made me decide to get a divorce which not many people know that is like i couldn't the stress was kill literally killing me my doctor was like oh this does not look good and so lo and behold a year later we went back and did more blood work we just kept an eye on it and she's like wow (laughs) like everything is resolved and i'm like stress will kill because i was working so hard and granted maybe he i i assume and hope that he was too in his own heart trying as hard as i was um but whenever you are so fixated on forcing something that's just not meant for you or anymore your your body's screaming at you like love me take care of me you're about to lose it and so that's what I was like hey this is better as co-parents because like we're clearly trying to force something that's like hurting us both um so that's full circle was like five years later here I am and I'm like the healthiest literally the healthiest I've ever been but I'm not the lightest I'm not the thinnest I've ever been I'm not I am the most like confident and strong cardio everything's health everything's healthiest mentally everything um but I'm not. It's crazy because, like, what I used to judge myself for, I'm not. I don't even use my scale anymore. So, like, <laughs> it's put away. So, I just go by, like, how my clothes fit. Like, and I get honest with myself, like, how have you been eating? I'm like, you've been putting <laughs> trash in your body? Yeah, because I feel like trash. Well, okay. Maybe let's clean it up this week. Okay. Right. So, I'm just real, real, you know, with yeah. myself, like, how I'd want to talk to my kids about their eating and their food. I'm like, give yourself some nutrients. What are you doing putting that, like, empty cardboard shit in your body? Because we don't even talk about weight in my f- in our family at all, at all. And I'm very careful to talk about my body. Yeah. And um, f- well, and
1: like I said, when it showed that the number one indicator was the way that people talk about, you know, your friends and family talk about bodies in general. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I had a, a really profound moment with one of my nieces one time, and it was her 18th birthday, and we were out to eat at a restaurant that had a calorie count next to it. Mm-hmm. And it was a chain restaurant and, um, and, and, it, and it was a lot of calories mm-hmm. and one slice of cheesecake had more calories than I eat in a day. Mm-hmm. And so she's ordering cheesecake in a full meal and I got a salad. And she said, Aunt Summer, which cheesecake are you going to get? And I said, I'm not getting a cheesecake. These cheesecakes have more calories in it than I would eat in a day. Mm-hmm. And she just busted into tears.
2: Yeah, oh, I'm afraid that was the wrong answer, Aunt Summer. <laughs> right. But we're learning. It's okay. <laughs> we're learning. It was,
0: really, it was, it's honest, but it's like, how do you relay that without it Without it judgment? sounding shamey. Yeah, and, shame. it, yeah, and I could mm-hmm. understand. You're like, and, for me, maybe with my health goals right now, I'm trying to not overdo it, but like, have fun. You know, I don't know. It's like, how do you communicate that? without being judgmental. Sure.
2: Especially to our children who we're trying to teach and like raise to just feel good about themselves no matter what their physical body Mm -hmm. looks like. Mm -hmm. How do we do that with you know without the shame because that's how we were raised I know just what you said about the statistic about like well it's how your family and your friends talk about bodies well my family always talked really negatively about bodies Mm -hmm. and it was just calories 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 like you don't need the calories and Mm -hmm. here I am trying to raise my daughter's 10 Mm -hmm. and just starting to like about to hit puberty and about to do all these things like she likes boys and she's looking in the mirror you know things like that and and um, it's just it's just a really good point that you made. Like, how do we raise yeah. them when maybe we don't even have the tools that we need ourselves?
0: Yeah, um, especially when they're coming home from school and they're saying, "So and so called me fat," and which i not going to lie. The first time that she came home talking about bodies before I even had to bring it, you know, cause in our house I had, we had avoided just any type of judgmental, whether it was like, Oh, they have a nice body. They have a, so even when you're applauding people for like their fitness and stuff, I'm careful. Like I am very intentional about saying like, so someone, so looks strong or I'm like, oh, they're so flexible or like their endurance their stamina because I am into fitness. Like I've been in athletics my whole life and like the science of fitness has always fascinated me and like just the pushing yourself for something. Like I'm a bird, you know, I'm halfway through my birth to do a little licensure or whatever, certification. And so like just what the body can do as like the machine that it is is fascinating what you put in and then like what you get out and then you go in the gym and like you can build muscles. It's like, it's like whenever you have a science project, like growing crystals and stuff, <laughs> I see it like in my brain I'm like, oh, if you mix a little of this and a little of that, and you can grow crystals. Have I'm like, you
1: watched the new Arnold Schwarzenegger no. documentary? He says that. He was Shut like, up. Yeah, he's, well, not about <laughs> so the magic good. crystals or anything, but he was like, I got to watch this thing build in my arm yeah. and grow. I got to, I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> I, I almost did. I <laughs> almost <laughs> attempted it. I, I almost That's tried. The, uh, that it's, was the right answer. Thank
0: you. So I don't want to like snuff out any interest or whatever they might genuinely have in like, the fun that can be um like with body whatever but i'm also very honest about how it can become like an addiction or how like in the industry like people I mean people can really go get deep and dark into it I like whenever people on Instagram whatever um show like they're like hey this is what I look like during cutting season." like they're like cutting to compete and they're like well this is what I look like every other day of the year like they're real honest and real so for them you see how it's like a sport it's more of like a hobby it's Mm -hmm. but they're like let's keep it real like this is not what I do all the time they're like as soon as competition's done I'm eating cheeseburgers and whatever and I like that because it makes it more like they're not judging themselves when they're in the off season they're like, that's just, it's just like an act, like yeah. a baseball player trains extra hard when, when they have to be on the field and get paid for it. Um, and so I like to try to have a balanced perspective because I know they go to school and little a-holes that they go to mm. school with or like, make, so then that way, if I can equip them with being like, hey, the rest of the world will shame bodies in this kind of way. And I've told them, so they were a little, cause I think I've noticed Esther, my, my daughter like starting to like pull at her belly and stuff at a very young age. Um, cause I'm just di- shaped very differently than their dad. And so her brother is like carbon copy of her, of their dad. And she looks exactly like me. <laughs> and so she was noticing a difference. And I was talking about genetics and, you know, which is a really great conversation to have with kids. So they understand how much of it is like not even their decision or their fault or whatever. And then, um, we just start talking about how the world perceives different bodies. And so from a very young age, my daughter would always say though, if the word fat came out anywhere, she'd go fat is beautiful. (laughs) Fat is beautiful. Like from like four years old, like fat is so any, any time, even whenever I say when someone, I go, don't call her fat or any. So she goes, well, mommy fat's beautiful. And I'm like, that's a tricky situation. Cause I'm like, don't call her. And I was like, you're right. And I'm like, don't say fat as if it's a negative. You know, if you want to say, you know, I was like, you can, it's just like, if, if someone wants to label themselves and identify as fat and they're like part of that whole, um, movement, then cool. And I was like, but if you're saying it as a way to like shame someone, nah, yeah. Happened. So I just, not cool. I give them a lot of awareness and empowerment. So they're, if they're at school and people try to like launch stuff at them, they're so woke about body issues. And body everything that they could probably run circles around their friends just talking about, like, well, society wants you to believe that, blah, 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 because they (laughs) equate your value to your, you know, pant size.
1: Why do I totally believe this about (laughs) your children? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Get out. Just means they're being raised right. Yeah, by by like a
0: freaking neurodivergent activist.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know that I could have described you any better. Like,. So this has
2: been Hope <laughs> Balfa, our neurodivergent activist. Yes. <laughs> so justice warrior. Love oh, her. Oh this gosh.
1: has been a really cool topic to talk about, though. You know, like I really just don't know many women that have not had body image issues. Mm-hmm. Even I used to watch Sex in the City. And mm-hmm. they're four of the most beautiful women mm-hmm. in New York City, you know. And I remember there was a scene where they were sitting at the table, the four of them together in the cafe, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker's like her or Carrie. Whatever. She's like, well, I don't like my knees. And then Charlotte is like, and I don't like my ears. You know, or whatever. So they're going around the table and saying what they don't like. And then they all turn to Samantha. And Samantha goes, I have a perfect body. (laughs) And all three of them are like, what? You know, but then even a few episodes later, Samantha goes to get a boob job. Mm. You know? Because she starts dating a celebrity and seeing herself in pictures in
0: magazines and like comparing correct comparison is yes a of joy that's another yes. thing I teach yep. my kids
1: yeah and that was the third thing on the list was comparison mm-hmm. so
0: anyway Dang, it all strings together when you just named all those things it reminded me it was like flashback I was like I completely forgot about that I've always said that and my best friend she will let me say this because she has apologized um, for the past 20 years but every body image issue everything I thought negatively about my body either came from my mother or my best friend because we were best friends since we were five. That's the same one, like the dieting thing. Now come to think about it. Um, but I could name from head to toe every single thing that was wrong with me. Like my hair was too coarse. My eyebrows were too bushy. My nose was too long. My lips are too small. Literally, my elbows are too pointy. My knees are too not. Name it. And it's crazy to think that going from that in childhood. And like when I was 18 is when my best friend came back from like a discipleship school. And she was like had freaking come to jesus literally and she was like i am a terrible human and a horrible friend because she really was a troll like she i don't know how we stayed friends (laughs) that long but she like washed my feet like came back from this camp thing and was like like weeping she's like you have been so good to me for the past 13 years and all i have done is like tear you down she's like weeping she's like I'm like, and she knew my relationship with well, my mom. We don't speak. And she saw, like, she would like, say, oh, Hope's mom is evil. But she was like, I'm like your mom. I've been <sighs> doing to you what your mom does to you. And I just kind of sat there, like, in shock that she was saying it. And she literally, it was so uncomfortable. But she was, like, washing my feet because she was always, like, super like bossy arrogant only child I'm one of five poor and she was at a Christian school like all the privilege in the world credit card at 16 car paid for at 16 here I am in the trailer park like we were polar opposites and so to have her who was always so bossy and mean and mean <laughs> like washing my feet being like oh my god I'm so sorry and I just want to like speak all this like life over you and everything and I was like in shock but it was good like in it really I think did something like launched me into some sort of awareness of like that was her own projection of her own self-loathing and stuff and so it helped me start I think realizing how much it had sunken into my head I was like well now that you say it I was like it probably has shaped the way that I think about myself yeah "Yeah, I've been telling you this shit since we were five. (laughs) yeah I
1: was like I didn't even notice (laughs) Because you yeah. don't. You yeah. don't notice whenever your friends are saying it. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm, that's crazy. Get well, you some good friends, man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> for real. We have a really good group of girlfriends that lift each other up on a daily basis, and we're super grateful for that. Very happy for them. I love that. Anyway, and I think this is a good place to wrap up. I think that was a really good positive note to end on. I do too. Yay. This was a great episode. Thank you so much for You're coming welcome. on. It was so fun. I, like, love oh is, I love you. This <laughs> is I love you too. I love you too.
2: I love you. You are a neurodivergent activist. Yes, I love absolutely. that. I think, it, I
0: think it would help people because I really just noticed that I am neuro- neurodivergent um, recently. And I was like, I think it would help a lot of people understand. They're like, what is what is Hope's deal? Yeah. And I was like there it, <laughs> ed, there, now it you in, know. there it is.
1: Tune in next week to find out what the next person's deal is too. <laughs> What's yeah. Monsters in the Attic, where we deal?
2: figure out what's the deal with all of our friends. <laughs> well, you love know it. what,
1: Katie? I love you and all of your monsters.
2: I love you and all of your monsters. Bye. Bye bye. Bye.